Good morning, church family. How are you all doing? Doing good. Um, happy 4th of July. Any big plan for today? Yeah? Anybody saw the, um, the air show yesterday? Beautiful, right? Beautiful. I don't know how they could do that, but um, it's, it's amazing. Um, thank you so much for giving me another opportunity to share God's word with you this morning. Um, now, 4th of July... It will be the day that I will always remember. Now, I think, when I think of 4th of July, I think of freedom. This country, we got the freedom that God blessed us with. By the same time, the free gift, the freedom that everlasting is the freedom from our Lord Jesus Christ himself that died on the cross for us and gave us freely for us. And not only I think of freedom, I also think of my dad. Now, why? Because my dad went to be with the Lord on this day last year. He found freedom, and he's with the Lord. Oh, yes, I made it. The first service, I cry. Um, I was like, yes, I've been practicing. I said, um, it could be because of my mom was in the first service. Um, but, yeah, um, the reason I cry, not because, you know, I didn't have hope in Christ, but because I miss him dearly. He is free. He's right now in the presence of God. When I mow my lawn, anybody love mowing the lawn? Or today, you guys are going to do that? Yes, there you go. Um, when, every time I mow my lawn, I put the, the, the headphone in and you know, mowing the lawn, I always, always think of my dad. I miss him dearly. He loved helping me with the lawn. And every time my mom and I would um, eat some Thai food, I would say cook, but I don't cook Thai food. My mom does all that for me, right? Um, every time we would eat good Thai food, we always miss my dad because those dishes were his favorite. We miss him dearly. But I'm confident, I am, I'm confident if I would ask him now, if I ask him, if you would like to come back, what would the answer be? No, absolutely not. We think that he has missed out so much. But we actually the one that are missing out. He's free. He's in the presence of God. My dad is experiencing the infallible glory of God. He would never trade God's glory for the passions or desire of this world. My question for you, how are we living our Christian lives? Are we pursuing the promised glory in Christ or are we trading his glory for the desire or the passions of this world? How are we living our Christian lives? Now, Peter charges and commissions the exiles and also us who are actually the exiles in this world, right? Um, and our, our, our series has been the exiles. Right? And today we, we will look at the charges that um, Peter gives. Let's, um, if you have a copy of God's Word with you, um, it's open to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. And I would like to invite you to stand in honor of reading of God's word. Since therefore 
Christ suffer in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in, in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judge in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Amen. You may be seated. I would like to go to the Lord one more time as we um, going deeper in God's word and then ask him for the wisdom. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for everything, God. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for our freedom. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. God, give us the desire for you. Give us the strength to live out for you. And God, I pray that you will um, be with me this morning, that you will use me as your vessel to speak the truth. God, I pray that, um, that you will be in front of me. God, I pray that I will not stand in your way as I speak your truth, God, that you will clearly speak through me, touch my lips. God, may all of us be blessed through your word, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's look at the charge um, or commission that Peter um, gives to, uh, to us and to the exiles in his time. Look at verse 1 and 2 one more time. Now, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves. Now do we have any um, uh, people in the army here or used to? Now, the word arm yourselves is the language of uh, military, right? That to arm yourself, to get ready. With the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Peter commands us. He commissioned us, he commanded us to arm ourselves. He basically called us to prepare for battle, to get ready for battle. So the first commission is this. Now the exiles are commissioned to suffer with Christ. I remember when I, um, when I was in Thailand, uh, I did ROTC for, uh, for four years. Um, and we had to go out on... Uh, training for for one week and we had to be aware at all times you know we we couldn't even like sleep sleep really well because we had to always aware and um, we had to eat food with our hands you know we could not carry the utensils with us and my hands dirty and then they they have to put like i don't know like the 
the black thing you know, in your face. And then my hands is all dirty. I have to eat my food with my hands, dirty hands. And then uh, we would walk through water, and then my socks would get wet. And I would sleep with my wet socks at night in the winter, cold and stinky, right? So we suffer through that. We suffer through that. Um, we had to be prepared for a battle. You never know when that would happen. Do you know, actually, we all are fighting in a battle? What kind of battle I'm talking about? Ephesians 6.12 said this, For we do not wrestle or battle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What's it talking about? It's a spiritual battle that we are battling. Now, some of you probably found that victory, or some of you have not, like kids and students and all that, probably have not experienced that yet. But here's the thing. You will face that battle. All believers, we have that battle that we have to fight. A lot of us are fighting in that battle. Are you prepared? Are you ready? That's why Peter commanded us to arm ourselves, to arm ourselves, to be prepared for a battle. Paul called Timothy to share in his suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We all, as believers, we are Christ's soldiers. We have to prepare for battle. We have a battle to fight. Therefore, fighting in the battle, or even preparing for a battle, is not easy, and we have to suffer through it. What do soldiers, soldiers do when uh, they're not fighting in a battle? They're sleeping, um, taking naps. Those that I know that I've talked to, they exercise. They get ripped, right? They stay fit. They stay focused on the call and the task. In order to be ready at all times, you don't know when the, walls, uh, the war, the battle is going to break out. They have to be ready. Now, let's look at the end of verse 1. Whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Okay, what, what does it mean? Does it mean that we will never sin again? No. That's not what it means. It basically means this. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. Look at John 1.12. But to all who did receive him, Jesus Christ, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are God's children. We're not slaves anymore. We're not slaves to sin. But we are his children. Jesus bought us or redeemed us from slavery to freedom by his own blood. He died for us. He sacrificed himself for us in order for us to have that freedom. 
we are now free to choose to be obedient to God and to suffer for His righteousness. Now the question is, are you willing to choose according to the freedom that you've been given? When you sin, did God force you to sin? No. You had the choice to make. You chose to sin. When you are obedient, did God force you to be obedient? No. You choose to be obedient. You have freedom to choose. Without Christ, we have no freedom. But because of Jesus Christ, He died for us, He gave us the freedom. We have freedom to choose to be obedient to God and to suffer for His righteousness. Now, the suffering might be different from um, some of us. My mom, um, she was kicked out of her family when she was 10 years old because she chose to follow Christ. I was mocked and had to write 10-page paper when I was in 10th grade. It's horrible, right, students? Because I refused to bow down to Buddha image. And some of you might have lost good friends because you chose to believe in Jesus. Some of you may be persecuted at your workplace because you have professed your faith in Jesus. All of us, we have to say no to the desires of our flesh, but say yes to the will of God in our lives. It's a choice. We have the freedom to choose. Question is, are you willing to endure your suffering for the sake of Christ and His righteousness? Are you willing to? As God's soldiers, we must be ready to suffer, even to die for the sake of Christ and His gospel. Now, not only the exiles and us have to suffer with Christ, Peter also gives us the second one. The exiles are commissioned to live for Christ. As soldiers of Jesus Christ, we must suffer with Him and we must live for Him. Look at verse 3 to 4. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. I remember when I was in college, um, my friends loved to party. They would go to nightclub, they would go to, um, to parties a lot, and they often invite me, um, they invited me to go with them, and um, I, I always told them, no, I, you know, I, I don't want to go. And they made fun of me, and they called me priest. And I don't know where they got the idea from, and they say, oh, you must be really holy. Now, they didn't really mean that, okay? They made fun of me. They called me priest. And then every time instead of calling my name, seeing me, say, hi, priest. Say, okay, all right. That's another form of persecution. And my friends, they did not understand 
why I chose that path. Why I, I would allow them to make fun of me like that instead of just going along with them and have fun with them. Now, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm, I'm not near that. But I have always been reminded in my life and tried to live by Philippians 1.21. Do you know that verse? For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I always remind myself that, that I must live for Christ. Even I have to die. And even in my death, that's my gain. We ask ourselves why we created, right? We were created to give God glory, not to live for ourselves. Look at um, Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made, whom I created for my glory. That's our purpose in life. God created us to give God glory. You look at things around us. You think about the stars. You think about the sun. You think about the moon. You think about trees. You think about everything, about even this world. A lot of time you think, yeah, all this is for us. It's yes and no. Ultimately, all those created for God's glory. Even your life, even you sitting here, we are created for the glory of God. My question for you, though, knowing that, how do we live for Christ? Do we live our lives in such a way that we give God glory? Or we live our lives in the way that we just pleasure ourselves, the desire of this world, the desire of this flesh. Luke 9.23 said this. Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What does it mean to take up the cross and daily? Paul said this in Galatians 2.20, and then you probably heard this as well as uh, at baptism. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. The cross, right? You carry that. You crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In order to live for Christ, we must die to our old selves and live in a new life in Christ. Is that how you live your life? Is your life honoring God? The exiles back in Peter's time who once indulged in such sins as we read in, in the scripture before salvation, they live like the Gentiles before salvation. And Peter said, they must never do so again. Don't live that kind of life again. We all once indulge ourselves in sin and in the desire of this world. But we must never do so again. We must live for Christ. 1 John 2, 15 to 17 said this. 
Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Now, I love Thai food. You all love Thai food? I like it spicy too, right? Like I talk about, you know, eating Thai food and uh, with my mom and, you know, my dad. We miss him. But you know what? You eat the food and it's gone, temporary. And you get hungry again, temporary. The desires of this world, temporary. But what lasts forever is the glory that's promised for us in Christ. As soldiers for Jesus Christ, not only we must suffer for him, we must also live for him. Now Peter gives us and the exiles last charge. Here it is. Exiles are commissioned to hope in Christ. In order for us to arm ourselves, to be ready for the battle that we're fighting, spiritual battle, we must suffer with Christ. We must live for Christ. And we must hope in Christ. That's how we arm ourselves. That's how we get ready for this battle. Look at verse 5 to 6. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Do you all remember the story of Lazarus? All right. Jesus came to Mary and Martha, and he said this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. See that? Hope in Christ. Hope in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 said this. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching, my preaching, Pastor Micah's preaching, is in vain. And your faith and my faith is in vain. But that's not the case, right? We would have suffered with Christ in vain if that's not true. We would have lived for Christ in vain if that's not true. And our hope in Christ would have been in vain. But Jesus Christ was raised to life. Amen? Jesus Christ was raised to life. We have hope in him. Our faith is not in vain. My preaching is not in vain. Your faith is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 56 said this. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope must not be in the fallible passions, desires of this world, but must be in the everlasting life and the glory in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we suffer, our hope is in Christ. When we die to ourselves, our hope is in Christ. When people mock us or persecute us, our hope is in Christ. We live in the present with our eyes on the future glory that God promised us in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our hope. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is the judge of the living and the dead. He's the one that has the final say. Look at verse 6 real quick. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Hmm. This doesn't mean that Jesus Christ preached to those who are dead. I want you to look carefully here. Those who are dead refers to Christians to whom gospel, the gospel was preached. Okay, English is my second language, but I think I understand grammar pretty well, all right, to a certain level. <laughs> I want you to look at here. It says, for this is why the gospel was preached. You see that? That's past tense, right? Even to those who are dead. So right now, they dead. But at one time, they were alive. And they received the gospel, and it was preached to them. And they, re- they received the gospel. That's why they had hope. That's why they have life. Even though believers will experience the physical death, according to the Bible, Judge in the flesh the way people are, right? Believers will experience physical death, but believers who have died live in the spirit the way God does, which means to live in heaven and when Christ returns. That's our hope in Christ. We all have to die physically, but spiritually we will live with Christ for eternity. Even though my dad, who received the message of the gospel and believed in Christ, already experienced a physical death, he is now living in the presence of God, worshiping God. What about all of us? Are you certain about your life? Do you have hope in Christ? All believers in Jesus Christ are his soldiers. And we are called to arm ourselves, to ready ourselves by suffering with Christ, by living for Christ, and by hoping in Christ. That's how we arm ourselves. Every one of us has our own battles that we must fight, right? 
In our battles, we are not fighting for victory. You say, what you, why are you saying that? Here's the thing. In our battles, we are not fighting for victory, but we are fighting from victory, which Christ has already secured the outcome for us. Because we're not slaves anymore. We are God's children. And Christ already won. He already had victory. It doesn't mean that you will not struggle with sin. It doesn't mean that you will not struggle with temptation. But you can have victory if you fight the battle from victory. Claim that victory in Jesus Christ. It's already been done for you on the cross. The temporary pleasures of this world can never be compared to the forever glory which Christ has promised us. Do not trade God's glory for the desire of this world. It's not worth it. One more time. You're not slave, but God's children. You are free to choose to be obedient to God and live in his righteousness. We, the exiles, we must arm ourselves to live sacrificially for Christ. I challenge you to observe your lives, how you live for Christ. How have you suffered with him? And where your hope lies. I believe one day I will be reunited with my father and worshiping God with him. Do you have that kind of confidence or that hope that one day you'll be with your loved ones in heaven? The passion, the desire of this world will pass away, will not last forever. But the glory from our God, for our Lord Jesus Christ, is a forever glory. Let's pray together.